I've never uh, never been much of a thrill seeker, you know. Well, maybe a little when I was a kid and I was really into roller coasters. But since I've aged, I prefer, uh, let's call it thrill-free activities like golf, pull tabs, eh, maybe even pontoon rides. But today I've got a story for you about a 104-year-old thrill seeker that has made me take complete inventory of my life. I'll have that story and much more today so stick around all right here comes the middle the show this is chris newpower your host of the living in the middle podcast and let's get rolling with episode number 51 dated october 18 2023 you know uh episode 51 means you know this is a weekly podcast we're uh we're one week away from the one year anniversary you know i heard a stat or maybe i read it in an article i get a lot of emails now about podcasting from various companies and and they say 90% of podcasts don't make it to the one-year mark. And when I read that, I don't know, three, four months ago, I committed myself to making sure I'm going to be in the 10% that do make it. So we're one week away here. You know you know me. You know me by now. Living in the middle guy, that middle child raised in a middle-class neighborhood in the middle of the country. Well, that's how I became the guy living in the middle most days. And I do appreciate you hanging on and joining in. Hey, don't forget this. Uh, don't forget to pass this along to uh, family, friends, people you don't like. Um, you're looking to uh, put someone to sleep. I got a few guys like that as well. Uh, pass it to uh, pass it to anybody. I, I love growing the numbers on this show. Okay. Hey, last weekend, um, just a few updates from last week. I mentioned last weekend about uh, you know I'm back in fantasy sports. Uh, after a 30-some-year hiatus, uh, if you remember, I uh, I talked about this last week. I joined a fantasy hockey league, and I have to be honest, it's um, it's a lot more fun than I remember, and and I think that's I think it's just a because you really don't you don't have to do a lot of work in today's fantasy games. I mean, these fantasy league websites they do all the legwork for you. I mean. They give you all the stats. They give you who to pick, where to pick. Uh, and then, you know, once you get into the season, if you want to drop a guy, trade a guy, wave a guy, add a guy, I mean, there's ranking lists. I mean, it's, 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 the blind could do it, right? So, um, I mean, the last time I was in a fantasy league, you had to do all your research in the uh, newspapers or, or the weekly, uh, I think back then there might even have been weekly fantasy magazines that came out. Um, it was a lot of work, a ton of work. And, uh, now, I mean, everything's right there on your computer. I mean, 
or your phone. And this, this computer stuff is pretty cool. Boy, do I sound old, don't I? But, but these fantasy leagues are, uh, pretty slick. I think I'm going to have a good time with this, this winter. And by the way, I, uh, I might be one and oh on the season so far here after week one, feel like I'm playing pretty fast right now. Uh, you know, it's really coming to me. I think I'm coming into my own. I feel like the game's coming to me. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually pretty thrilled I got into it. Okay, let's uh, let's transition here. I'm recording this like I always do on Tuesday night, and and it's a uh, for it to drop on Wednesday morning, and and it's a travel week for me. I'm looking forward to this week. Uh, so yesterday, which would have been Monday, the October 16th, was our 30th wedding anniversary for my wife and I. And, you know, holy cow, does time fly by. Uh, I mean, it, it just flies by. It, it, feels, <laughs> it, it feels just uh, like yesterday that my, uh, my Catholic grandmother was sitting in the front row of that Lutheran church where we got married. You know, working every bead on that rosary while a female pastor facilitated our vows. Uh, I remember standing up at the altar looking at her in the first row thinking, oh, good Lord, Grandma New Power. I'm not sure she approves of this Lutheran wedding. but um, So to celebrate um, our 30 years, my wife and I are uh, we're flying to Colorado on Wednesday for a little anniversary getaway, uh, a little little uh, idea I hatched here uh, about a month or two ago and and um, we're gonna head to uh, we're gonna spend two nights in Vail uh, starting Wednesday night Thursday night and uh, after that we're gonna head to Loveland Colorado which is about an hour north of Denver uh, in Vail it's you know it's not quite ski season yet so you have to look for other activities to do so on Thursday get this now. <laughs> So on Thursday, we're going to take a 90-minute Segway tour of the Vale Village and the surrounding area. Now, and we'll be on the legit Segways, by the way, you know, the ones with two wheels. Uh, not those chicken shit three-wheel Segways you might see uh, other people on. Like, uh, you know who, who rides those three-way Segways are the, uh, the uh, airport police. You might see them in your airport. I know we see them in Minneapolis. Hey, those are those are the easy ones to ride. Those are the the Segway tricycles. No, 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 no. We're going to be jumping on the two wheel Segways uh, on Thursday and cruising around Vale. And uh, you guys ever been on one of these things? I I have. Uh, it's been a it's been a few years. Maybe if I had to guess, I'm going to say probably somewhere around 2005, 2006. So what is that, 17, 18 years ago-ish I've been on them, or I was on them. Um, i got to be honest with you. They're fun, but they're also exhausting. Um, fun and exhausting all at the same time. They're exhausting because the entire time you're on this thing, you're constantly balancing, right, because it's two wheels. So it means that your thigh muscles, your calf muscles, your core muscles, your your tendons and your ankles and your knees, your ligaments, everything is constantly firing for the whole time that you're on this thing because you're leaning forward, you're leaning back, you're leaning right, you're leaning left. left. So it's everything's constantly firing. So after this, this trip's going to be a 90-minute tour, so um, I can guarantee you that when we're all done, um, 
our uh, our legs are going to be pretty sore. So, um, you know, my wife always brags about how big of an athlete she was in high school. Well, I can't wait to see how the athlete does on the two wheel Segway out in Vail. So, I'll uh, I'll keep you all informed and tuned in on how that goes. By the way, by the way, because Wednesday's a travel day, this means there's an airport beer in my future. As a matter of fact, if you're listening to this on Wednesday around lunchtime, there's a very good chance that I have an airport beer sitting right in front of me at the Minneapolis airport. Uh, I know there's a there's a group of you that, that, that always listen religiously on Wednesdays. Um, so as you're hearing this, uh, we should be getting to the airport right around noonish. I should have a beer in front of me around noon uh, Wednesday. So you know me, the uh, the power of travel. I can't wait to see what this uh, what this Colorado trip um, brings us. Uh, I, I'm I'm really excited about the trip. Okay, let's um, let's transition to a uh, to a few funny receipt stories from last week. Now you guys have heard me over the past year talk about receipts, talk about uh, tipping. Um, it's, it's, it's become a, a real bee in my bonnet, but, but first of all, before I get into this, this whole tip thing, receipts and tips, this whole tip thing has gotten really out of control. I mean, seriously, anybody and everybody with a credit card machine is trying to sneak one by you out there, aren't they? They're either trying to get you to uh, tip on the receipt. They're trying to get you to tip on the actual you know, those little handheld credit card machines. Um, you really have to be vigilant when you tap your credit card nowadays and you start pushing buttons or you start filling out, right? You start filling out a receipt. Um, so the first story this week actually came in from our son, Wyatt, who lives in Michigan. So this past Saturday... Uh, he and his wife and, uh, and a bunch of friends, they, uh, they go out on the town. They went out on the town Saturday night and, uh, and they stopped at a bar that required a, uh, a cover charge. And I'm kind of, I'm stalling here because I'm pulling up his message. I want to read it. All right. I got it here. So, um, they go on the town and they stop at a bar that requires a cover charge. And well, I'll let the story kick in from there, but this is how sneaky they're getting. Here's what he sent me. He says, hey, Dad, I've got a great tipping machine story for you from this weekend. We went out to a bar Saturday night after the game, and after waiting in line to get our ID checked and get into the bar, there was a cover charge. They did not accept cash for a cover charge. You could only pay by card. So there's a woman sitting in a chair at the door, sticking people's cards in a little handheld credit card machine. So after she sticks your card in it and there's an option to tip, uh, there's an option to tip the cover charge person. Think about that. <laughs> They're giving you an option to tip the lady collecting your cover charge. He goes on and he says, she handed me the machine and by instinct, I automatically click 20% tip. I sign my name, and as I'm signing my name, I think of your podcast, and once I finish signing my name, I go back and click 
no tip. Because why in the hell would I tip a person sitting in a chair charging me $5 to get into the bar? Well, first of all, great story. And secondly, why indeed, son? Right? Why indeed? That's a bold move. You know, it's a bold move asking for a tip on a cover charge. I'm telling you, you got to keep a sharp eye. You got to be vigilant. Tips, in my opinion, tips are meant for the hardworking service workers of the world. You know, the, the server in the restaurant, the bartender in the restaurant, uh, the guy handle, handling your, your luggage right at the airport, uh, people that are actually doing something other than just sitting in a chair collecting money. Um, and in this case, in, in my son's case, uh, at the bar on Saturday night, just some lout sitting in a chair swiping cars. No, no, no. You don't get a tip. You don't get a tip. But, you know, it makes you think, right? Now, he caught himself, right? He automatically hit 20%. He starts to sign his name, and he went, whoa, 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 whoa. I remember my dad's podcast. I'm going back. But how many people don't? doesn't that even occur to? Right? They just hit 20%. They sign their name and go. This lady's getting 15, 18, because those are the, usually the, the, the tip machines that I see, the options they give you are 15, 18, 20, or other. And how many people are just hitting 15, 18, 20 and, and hitting go and don't even think twice about it? There's got to be a percentage, right? I don't know how big that percentage is, 10, 15, 20, 50%. I don't know. Um, but I'm glad my podcast could be of service. I see that I'm still making an impact as a dad in my, in my children's lives long, long after they've flown the coop. So that's story number one. Story number one. By the way, I've got a small, small glass of wine here. Hang on a second. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, story number two. Now, this was this was a uh, another tipping story, but it wasn't on a machine. This one was on a receipt. That's why I started the beginning of this as um, you know, tipping on receipts or tipping on machines. So this one's on a receipt. So I'm out running around on, uh, I want to say it was Sunday. It was Sunday. Uh, I'm running my wife's car up and gassing it up because uh, she was on empty and she needed gas to get to work on Monday. Then I came home and I said, hey, I'm going to run up and get my, my truck washed. Um, she said, hey, while you're up there, you know, can you go down the street a little bit and get a gift card? She wanted, uh, she wanted me to buy a $50 gift card for her boss. So her and all of her coworkers were going to buy a $50, or they're all going to go in on a $50 gift card because it was, was it Boss's Day, National Boss's Day or National Boss's Week, whatever it was. And somehow, you know, she's not my boss, <laughs> but I get tapped on the shoulder to run the errand to go get the $50 gift card, which is not a big deal. I'm already going to be out running around anyway. So I go down to the car wash and get my, my truck washed, and then I stop at the restaurant, walk into the uh, hostess stand, and, uh, of course, there's nobody there. There's nobody at the hostess stand. And you got to ring this doorbell-like button. And so I ring it, and a, a young, she looked like she was about 16 years old. She comes out, and she says, uh, how many? 
meaning she thought I wanted to sit and have at a table. And I said, not here to eat, not here to, uh, not here to be uh, seated. I said, I, I just need to buy a gift card. Where do I go for that? She goes, well, you can do it right here. And I said, oh, great. And so she opens a drawer and starts, you know, shuffling through the gift cards. She finds what she needs. And she says, well, how much would you like the gift card to be? And I said, uh, I think $50 will be fine. She goes, oh, okay. So she takes the card and she puts it in this machine and she starts typing all the numbers. And and then she said, how would you like to pay? So I hand her my my card and and she uh, swipes it in the machine and, and it spits out this receipt. Receipt. And, of course, she says, now she, this was interesting, what she said. Really, all I needed to do was sign the receipt, right? I mean, I'm just paying 50 bucks for a gift card. If you need to sign the receipt, just, just hand it to me. I'll give my quick John Hancock, hand it back to you. But she took a different tact. She, she printed out this receipt, and she says, well, before you go, all I need you to do is fill out the bottom. And I thought, man, that's a strange choice of words. What do you mean fill out the bottom? It's a $50 receipt. I sign my name, I go. So she hands me the receipt. She says, ah, go ahead and fill out the bottom before you go. I look, there's a slot for a tip. That's what she's getting at. Why didn't she say, all I need is your signature and you're free to go? No, no, no. She didn't say it that way. She said, all I need is for you to fill it out. Well, guess how much I tipped her? The same as my son <laughs> from his night out at the uh, at the bar in the cover charge. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tip a young lady selling gift cards at a hostess stand. There's no work done there, right? I mean, a tip on the gift card? Yeah, I I don't I don't think so. I mean, like I said before, a guy living in the middle has to be sharp. And keep an eye out for these charlatans. And that's what they are. They're charlatans. They're out scrounging for tips for work that's not been performed. Well, you've heard me, you know, you've heard me on a number of occasions rail on this kind of stuff, but I keep seeing it pop up in different spots. Now my son's getting hit with a cover charge tip. Uh, you got to kind of play defense on that one. <laughs> I got the gift card lady. You got to play defense on that one. I mean, come on. Come on, um, that uh, that's not working for me. So, okay, I uh, I'm gonna completely shift away, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna transfer. Why did I say that super slow? I'm gonna transfer. I'm gonna transition to uh, to the story that I tease at the beginning. Now, there's some of you out there that listen to this podcast that say, "Ah, when the stories come up," because I like to find news stories. Stories come up, that's when I tune out, I kind of kind of turn off the show. This one I want you to stick around for. Hang on. Just hang on for me. I want to get that story that I tease at the beginning of today's episode. I, I can't figure out if this is a sad story or a happy story. I mean, after all, what you're going to learn, this is not a spoiler, what you're going to learn, well, maybe it will be a spoiler, so I'm not going to get to that. But wait till you find out how old this lady is and what she did. Remember I told you about thrill-seeking at the beginning? This lady is a thrill-seeker. And 
well, there's a twist. There's a twist at the end. So hang on. So I'm going to grab the story here. I'm going to start right now. So it's, it's, uh, it's actually dated uh, today that I'm recording this, uh, October 17th, um, 2023, and Dateline, Ottawa, Illinois. So not Ottawa, Canada, Ottawa, Illinois. And this is an Associated Press story. A 104, you heard that right, a 104-year-old Chicago woman is hoping to be certified as the oldest person to ever skydive after leaving her walker on the ground and making a tandem jump in northern Illinois. You heard that correctly. A 104-year-old woman climbed in a plane with a parachute on, strapped to an instructor with the intention of jumping out the plane. 104. She was quoted as saying, age is just a number. Dorothy Hoffner told a cheering crowd moments after touching the ground Sunday at Skydive Chicago in Ottawa, about 85 miles or 140 kilometers southwest of Chicago, the Chicago Tribune reported. The Guinness World Record for oldest skydiver was set in May 2022. Apparently there's a race for this, right? If the record was just set a year or so ago, or, or set a year or so ago, so it was set May 2022 by 103-year-old Linnea Ingegard Larsson from Sweden. But Skydive Chicago is working to have Guinness World Records certify Dorothy Hoffner's jump as a record, WLS-TV reported. Remember, Hoffner's 104. She's going to beat her by a full year. Now, Hoffner first skydived when she was 100 on Sunday she left her walker behind just short of the plane, a sky van, must be a plane type for all you um, airplane types out there, and was helped up the steps to join the others waiting inside to skydive. Quote, she says, let's go, let's go, Geronimo. <laughs> she said after she was finally seated. I love that. When she first skydived at the age of 100, she said she had to be pushed out of the aircraft. But on Sunday, tethered to a U.S. parachute Sorry, let me re-say that. A U.S. Parachute Association certified instructor, Hoffner insisted on leading the jump from 13,500 feet. She looked calm and confident when the plane was aloft and its aft door opened to reveal tan crop fields far below. Shortly before, she shuffled towards the edge and leaped into the air. She tumbled out of the plane head first, completing a perfect forward roll in the sky before flying stable into free fall with her belly face in the ground. The dive lasted seven minutes, including her parachute's slow descent to the ground. Coming into land, the wind pushed Hoffner's white hair back. She clung to the harness over her narrow shoulders, picked up her legs, and plopped softly out of the grassy landing area. Friends rushed in to share congratulations while someone brought over Hoffner's red walker. This lady just jumped from 13,000 feet, and the first thing she needs to be handed is her walker. She rose quickly. She was asked how she felt to be back on the ground. Wonderful, Hoffner said. But it was wonderful up there. The whole thing was delightful. Wonderful. Couldn't have been better, she said. After her jump, Hoffner's mind quickly turned to the future and other challenges. 
the lifelong Chicago woman who's set to turn 105 in December, said she might take a ride in a hot air balloon next. She said, quote, I've never been in one of those before, <laughs> end quote. Man, that's fantastic. 104-year-old, almost 105-year-old woman jumping from uh, 13,500 feet. The Guinness Book of World Records still trying to qualify it as a record. Now, here's the terrible twist of fate. Unfortunately, a week after she jumped, Dorothy Hoffner passed away at her nursing home from natural causes. She, uh, the Guinness Book, like I said, is still trying to uh, confirm that she's the actual record setter. Dorothy never heard the words that she actually broke the record before she died. I don't care what anyone says. That lady ranks right up there with the toughest of old birds. How impressive. Here's me. I won't even get on roller coasters anymore. And this 104-year-old woman made her second jump, by the way. Don't forget, first one at 100, second one at 104. You want to talk about going out on a high note? That's going out on a high note. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut her maybe a few minutes short here. Uh, another sip of wine and uh, cheers to Dorothy Hoffner on what we think will be the new Guinness World Record posthumously. Um, what a great story. And, uh, well, you know me, I can't, uh, I can't wait for my airport beer on Wednesday. Hey, if you want to email the show, let's send it to, uh, live in at gmail.com. That's live at gmail.com. Follow us on X at live in middle at live in middle. No G. And this is the live in the middle podcast. And I'll end it here. I'll end it here by saying, Hey mom, I uh, miss our kitchen table talks. And for the rest of you. Come join me here in the middle. It's more peaceful. And peace out. Peace out.